0: Welcome back to another episode of Schaefer's Market Mashup. I am thrilled to bring you another collaboration with SIBO Global Markets featuring not one but two recurring guests. Please welcome back Rob Hocking, the head of derivative strategy at SIBO. The last time we talked you were part of our popular "Top Five Mistakes Options Traders Make" episode. So, how have you been since then?
1: Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, thanks for the invite back. Excited to be here and go through a little, a uh, little more of the product design and, and uh, you know, introduction of product stuff that we're doing here at Sibo this go around.
0: Great. And joining him is Michael Izaki, VP of Derivative Strategy. Good to have you back, Michael. You were last heard from uh, when we did Mini Vix Futures, if I recall.
2: That's right. Thanks for having us having us in here to talk about this exciting new product, and it's definitely
1: great to be here again.
0: Cool. And how I would be, you know, not a good host if I say how is Chicago. I see you guys are together.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice today. Temperature dropped a little bit, but uh, you know, you can tell
0: fall is in the air. But but nice and sunny. Good. Good. Yeah, same here. So, you know, nice nice Midwest day for both, both of us. So we're here to talk about some exciting new developments over at SIBO uh, and the impact it will have on retail options traders. Uh, and I'll let you guys take it away from the jump, but what is this Nanos I keep hearing about? Give me the five W's. You know, who, what, where, when, and why.
1: I'm excited to be here to talk today about this. You know, everyone has seen... The, the retail explosion over the past 18 months—you know, options trading by retail investors—is up roughly, call it four times over the past five years. And with this, I always love the the stat or quote that came out of the OCC recently that said uh, almost 39 million options contracts have traded each day in 2021, and that's up 31 percent from 2020, and the highest level since market inception in 1973. And so as this retail segment grows, we see it as a unique opportunity for SIBO to expand access to options and create a product that allows what we're calling Main Street the benefits of Wall Street. And that is a price point friendly contract and that makes options trading much much simpler. Yeah, just to add on to that,
2: we've actually spent the past nine months getting to know you know, what we view as a new potential user and segment for options trading. And like through market research with an outside consultant, we conducted surveys, focus groups, and really kind of discovered that there's this newer, larger retail segment out there that are interested in using options if they were more accessible. Simpler to understand, uh, you know, lower price point that we'll get into in a little while, and some of the other features and characteristics of the contract that we think makes it appealing to this new segment. Um, you know, 75% of those that we surveyed that were familiar with options said they would use them if they could be done at a lower price point. So we're excited to bring this product to bear on you know this this market segment, and we think that there's
1: going to be a lot of demand for nanos as people learn more about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just for your listeners to make sure it's clear, we're we're excited to grow the pie. You know, we view this as as the introduction of a complete new market segment. So if you're trading options today and, and maybe you're a spy options trader, or maybe you're an XSP options trader, like that's great. The idea, and as we go into the product specs of this very small contract, is to trade the biggest contract you can. But a lot of our research that we've seen have showed that maybe in these smaller accounts, people just can't access options at all. And so that's the idea of coming in with this newer, smaller contract. Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. Robbie, you came out with some stats, and I've got one to, to throw back at you. Uh, Friday's volume was a little north of 57 million contracts, according to the OCC. That was the second largest in the history of options trading. And the first was January 27th, a little north of 60 million. So, what I find interesting there is that January 27th was at the peak of the meme stocks, the apes, whatever you want to call them. But It's clearly been sustainable if after, what, 10 months, we're still seeing this volume. This was not a flash in the pan, and it's clear that you guys recognize this, we over at Schaefer's recognize this, and you're doing something about it. And then, you know, Michael, what you were talking about with the concept of options training is quite overwhelming at first, Um, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, so start with some of the essentials that traders should know and some facts that are kind of commonly overlooked
1: well yeah actually patrick you know, not i'll kick that one off but i want to comment on on what the stat you just threw out there we both and Sibo as a whole you know really views this new investor class that's coming into the market they're here to stay and we're really excited about that i think another cnbc stat that i saw the other day on tv was um in january alone i believe of this year um, i think it was was it six million um, people downloaded a trading app in that month alone? And, and you think about this, and once you empower somebody to take over, a call it you know their financial investing, I think you really create an investor, a long-term investor, an investor for life. And that's what we're after with introducing this contract. So along those lines, with regards to the Nanos contract, you know, between the top four retail brokerage firms, there are now over 150 million retail brokerage accounts. And so if you include the more than dozen smaller firms to that number, the number of accounts would be well over 200 million. And as we discussed, many of these accounts are too small to be able to take advantage of broad-based index options in particular, and I think it was was Robinhood who reported out of their 13-plus million accounts, the average account size was under, I think, $2,000. So, if you think of an index like the S&P or even the, the SPY level of a $450 call it index, that becomes a challenge to be able to access, in, you know, options at that price point. So, to appeal to this new investor, you know, the first of its kind nanos contract that we're introducing will represent a simple, easy, and most important affordable way to trade these options. And so, simple because we plan to list fewer strikes to ensure. Investors are not overwhelmed with too many choices. In the SPX today, there's over 5,000 listed strikes. For nanos, we're going to be talking about closer to 20. So very, very small number of strikes to make choosing simpler. Easy in that these options will have short-dated expiration cycles. So results are known quickly. Investors are able to reposition often. And again, we're looking at listing terms with you know seven days or less to expiration so think Monday Wednesday Friday and the following Monday keeping it simple and last affordability with each at the money options contract costing around call it three dollars in this volatility environment um it allows those that have otherwise maybe been intimidated by options a way to trade a way to learn without having to commit large sums of money so nanos will be one one hundredth the size of our mini options contract, which itself is one-tenth the value of the SPX contract. So I know that can be a little confusing. Most simply, if an SPX options price is a thousand bucks, the corresponding nano price will be a dollar, something that's very accessible. Yeah, and that's why we call them nanos,
2: right? Like when we were first looking at this, micros didn't quite cut it, right? Because micro would have been around $100, right? So for a, a mini product, a mini, either SPY or SPX with the 110 size that would still have been $100, whereas again this nano contract is $1, right? So uh, one thing that's also worth pointing out there is that there are options that you can trade at a lower price point, but they tend to be very short dated and very far out of the money, right? So with being super far out of the money you end up with lower probabilities of of, uh, outcomes that you're looking for, right? So the key here is lower price point combined with options that are closer to the money and that are within, uh, you know, much much more uh, standard deviation wise likely to be uh, you know, at or close to intrinsic value of expiration. I'm, I'm not going to go into the weeds further on that. Happy to follow up on that front. But, um, you know, if we talk through a little bit of, uh, you know, that multiplier having another effect is that if you look at an option screen right now, and the price is $1 bid, $110 offered, right? You go to buy it for $1.10, well, it actually would be $110 that would have to come out of your account, right? So it's, you know, for people like Rob and I who have been in the industry for a long time, it's just, we're used to it. It's a convention that we're so used to. But for people that are first coming in, it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So the idea of it just being what you see on the screen is what you get. Of course, you know, net of, net of a trading fees and and, and, um, and costs. But that simplicity was another thing that we thought reduces a barrier. Um, so, you know, if you look at the index size being reduced from, let's say, 4500 down to 450 and then also having no multiplier, or at least the multiplier being one, that price access point for at-the-money contracts is much more accessible. Reducing the expiration dates and reducing the number of strikes also kind of gets that whole of overwhelming nature of pulling up an options screen out of the picture.
0: Right. I've got a funny story. I remember when I was explaining the basics of an options contract to my dad, who's a lawyer, and he just kept going back to, but why is it multiplied by 100? But why? I think that's a sentiment that is echoed by a lot of retail traders starting out. And so to simply cut through that and have the one multiplier concept It really does increase access simplicity I mean it streamlines workflow it seems almost too simple uh, like too good to be true really
2: well Patrick also you know the the hundred shares is from a round lot right so the round lots used to be a hundred and so it made a lot of sense if you were trading in round lots and then also Rob and I were talking about this if you're on the floor like when we first started out you want to be a hundred up or, or two hundred up. You don't want to be like twenty thousand up, right? So the multiplier did help people who were on the floors communicate communicate quickly as a convention. Combine that with the round lots, and that's where you kind of get into it. Now people are, are not only trading, you know, single shares, but they're even trading fractional shares. So this was like a you know a
1: move in the right direction that we think that just simplifying it to reduce the barrier to entry makes a lot of sense. It also helps. Um just to highlight the, the cash settlement nature of our product. So because to Michael's point, you're not settling into physical shares of st- of stock and the reason with that 100 multiplier of settling into one round lot, these settle into cash, which makes it very simple even yet again because you don't have all of a sudden options turning into shares and then having to liquidate shares to close out of your trade. Your options settle into cash, into your account, and you're able to reposition shortly thereafter and so the cash the cash settlement nature of our proprietary product base and index options in particular was a big benefit to building out this nanos contract and starting with the s p first
0: right very well said i want to explore um, a few hypotheticals here and some scenarios say i think the market is going to keep chopping lower in the next week how would i Utilize nanos.
2: Yeah, so that's that's a great point. Uh, you know, if you think about the opportunities now to, to kind of get short the market as a hedge, they're they're not very appealing, right? Nobody really wants to go sell, buy short if they even had the permission in their account or you know try to sell naked options, right? So you can actually get short the market by buying a deep in the money nano put, right? So. If we were to use an example of SPY, I'm gonna use 450 mm-hmm. as the example because I know it's trading at 467 right now, but just to keep the math a little bit simpler, you're, you know, SPOT's trading at 450, you could buy like the 460 put, which will be, something like that will be listed. I think that just in terms of the strikes that we're gonna be listing, there will be strikes that are really close to the money and then a couple of strikes that are near the money and then one or two that are pretty far out of the money. So in this example here, you're gonna be at the 460 put. That would be approximately ten dollars in in terms of how much that would cost you. So you could buy it for ten dollars, and then if the market was to go down, let's say so you go from four fifty, um, one percent would be four dollars and fifty cents. I'm just gonna say it goes down by five bucks, right? Mm-hmm. The market goes down by five bucks, which is a normal move, like a one percent move or so, is totally you know happens all the time. So in that case, your $10 investment in that put would have actually made $5 of return, right? Now, um, a couple of points on that front is, if you're just wrong and the market rips higher, the most you could lose is the $10 that you paid for the put, right? So if the market in that case was to go up 3%, then you would have basically done better than if you were short the underlying right? This is probably a little easier on the long side, If you're on the long side and you have a deep-in-the-money call and the market tanks lower, right, you can only lose the $10 that you paid for the option and and not more than that. Whereas if you're long the underlier or short the underlier and it moves by more than your option price, you would lose more than that amount. right? So another really nice feature of this strategy here is uh, you buy this deep-in-the-money put. It's $10. If nothing happens the option actually expires worth $10. So that money goes back into your account. And the next day, you're up and trading, and you can either trade another one, or you can use the capital for something else, right? Um, with a physically settled share, it's still $10 in the money, but you actually have to deliver the stock. And then you have to go through settlement and wait for the funds to go back into your account to be available. Um, similarly, then, you're also exposed to the market risk when those shares hit your account, versus uh, you know when you're able to settle out of them, the net result of that is a lot of times brokers will force people to liquidate positions and expiring options that are physically settled, so that they can uh, not have to deal with this, right? Whereas with the cash settled nanos, they expire into cash, and the you know nobody has to liquidate you, and you personally don't have to watch the flows to make sure that you trade out of them before
1: expiration.
0: Okay, Rob, you got anything to build on there? I guess one one thing I'd say is, and you know, obviously, there's there's many, many, many use cases for for this
1: product and for options just in general. Um, what becomes really important is, and in the big picture, is by introducing Nanos to this new investor, we're also very, very focused on education and making sure that there are resources available that can help teach users. benefits like Michael just outlined. And so in in line with that we're very excited to introduce on-demand courses, videos, um, articles in the upcoming months uh, through our Options Institute, our education arm at SIBO. We're also excited about exploring concepts like hosting office hours um, where market participants can interact with a live instructor for direct educational questions. We realize sometimes this can be overwhelming and sometimes people like that high-touch nature of a live instructor. So we're exploring that idea as well because we really believe that these, you know, this new market of users, of options are here to stay and we really wanna try to build a robust resource, you know, profile around them so that they're here for the long haul. Mm -hmm.
0: Very well said. I'll get into the educational component here in a second. I did have two questions For listeners who are just completely maybe a little, you know, get their wires crossed, uh, this is an index product, correct? These aren't equity options?
2: Correct. That's right.
0: Okay. And I think it would be helpful if you just gave like a quick two-second overview of like in the money and out of the money. So. When they're looking at these directional moves, a retail trader knows really what they, when, when they see that, they can kind of clue in on what it means.
2: Yeah, for sure. So a call would be in the money if the underlying price goes above the strike price, right? So you have the 450 call and the underlier goes to 460, then it would be 460 minus the 450
1: would be 10. Michael, maybe it would be good to say, so a call gives you the right to buy the underlying, correct? So if you have the right, in Michael's answer or, or uh, example, if you have the right to buy the underlying at 450 and the stock is actually trading 460, then there's $10 of intrinsic value there. That $10 represents in the money. You can buy it for 450, immediately sell it for 460. Out of the money would be the reverse. So like say you have a 460, stock price but you're buying the 470 call. So the idea that you're gonna buy the stock for 470 but it's actually trading in the market cheaper for 460 means that that gap there is extrinsic or, or out of the money from where the stock price is trading. Yeah,
2: and just to, so Rob's example there is like on a physically settled, so you exercise the option and you either sell or buy back the security in the index world what ends up happening is that they settle into cash, right? So your, your 450 call gets you the right to buy at 450. If spot's at 460, then it basically says, okay, so rather than you having to go to the market and sell it at 460, we're gonna settle this thing at 460 versus your strike price. So that's where this whole benefit comes in because the $10 immediately basically gets converted into cash, goes back into your account. In a physically settled example, you actually are long stock from four fifty, which, you know, of course is trading at four sixty, but by the time you get control of it, it could go back down. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's there's a, an operational risk there as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good explanation. I'm glad we, we paused for a second to kinda uh unpack that a little bit. And it was alluded to before, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention both of your own distinguished trading careers. For retail traders starting out, um, what are some lessons learned, perhaps the hard way? Uh, and then, how would you give? You know, what would be some advice you would give to your younger self uh, when you're basically learning this whole new language of options trading?
1: So I came into the industry straight out of undergrad about about twenty years ago, and I had very little understanding of derivatives and even more specifically the options industry. Um, but it was exciting. It was very competitive and I fell in love with that right out of the start. Um, If I was talking to my former younger self, uh, I would encourage them to do a couple of things. Uh, One, take advantage of the many resources today to submerge yourself in the learning. Um, The internet wasn't as prevalent back when I first got in the business and there were really, you know, a couple of of resources that you could use, one of which uh, that my firm that hired me gave me right away was the Shelley Nadenberg book. It was Options, Volatility, and Pricing. Um, it was kind of regarded as, as the Bible for all young people getting into the market at the time. And But now with the internet, you have, you know, call it option simulators, online courses, etc., all at your disposal. Take advantage of them and, and really learn the ins and outs and risk-rewards of the different option positions, payouts, probabilities. Like All of that will get you more comfortable with introducing options to your portfolio. Second, I would say is a big one, and this one I always, I tell everyone that asks this question, is set goals around your trades before you enter them. So strict entry entry points, exit points, remove emotion from trading, and, and it allows you to focus on building consistent strategies without that you know getting sucked into that I want to hold on to the hold on to my losers a little too long or I cut my winners because I'm happy a little too quickly um this concept is super important um just because emotion can really drive you in the heat of the moment and and, and the more you can remove that generally the more successful you can be
0: very well said, and I love the continuity there because for faithful listeners, that was Rob's number one common mistake that options traders make back from from June, so he nailed it right there. Uh, but Michael, what do you got for me?
1: I learned the hard way, Patrick. There you go. Hey, that's, that's how we all
0: learn. Experience is the best teacher.
2: So I get to age myself further and say the Internet was definitely not a thing when I got into the business. Um, I started it out with a firm called O'Connor and Associates, Uh, back in 1994, and um, I think that the one difference is that, at the time, you would come out of university and go down to work for O'Connor or Hall, or Cupernaf, and et etc., and and they would send you down to the floor, and they would also train you and teach you, and uh, that was really the only way, I would say, to become really deeply immersed into options. Whereas today, I feel like you can really learn a lot about options, First of all, I'd say the Natenberg book for sure is a good one. Also, Macmillan had a book that uh, a lot of folks have on their bookshelf that, that the things still apply to today. Um, but in addition to the books, there's the resources that are available today, um, but learning the basics is really, really key, right? I wouldn't advise people to go in there and say, oh, well, people bought Tesla calls and it ripped higher and they made a fortune, so now I have to do that. And I think it's really important to understand the payoff profiles of a call, the payoff profiles of a put, and long call and short put, and how they work together. Because that's actually, even to this day, I still think back to two-week class. From all the way back then, whenever I think of any kind of an investment in a structure that includes options. Because those are the fundamentals of all structured notes and, and everything else is, is just that type of a payoff profile. Um, other other advice that I would give to people is trade more. And and then that's not that's the trade simulators are, are also a great opportunity. You know, one thing that I, I definitely didn't do enough of is that I would just be so so gassed by the end of the trading that I would just be, be tapped out, right? Or you know, just being in the markets, I felt like I wasn't really trading as much as as I would like to have. And, you know a lot of times just the repetition is super important and the most important thing about working for like a, a Hall or an O'Connor or, or Susquehanna is the mentorship that comes with it right so what I would say to people is try to find a mentor and that mentor could be an influencer you trust it could be the Options Institute where you know you actually can, can get familiar with our educators and, and get to know them and find find folks that you really trust and believe in and, and try to establish a relationship and learn from
0: them. Very well said. I like how both of you guys delved into the evolving mindset. I think you need to have the, the, the constantly evolving mindset for, for a trader, especially when it pertains to options. Uh, because the more I become acquainted with this industry, the more I realize so much of it is about your kind of psychological well-being and and how you are approaching things on a day-to-day basis and i I find that so fascinating how you have to adjust to macro events to your own personal experiences Uh, and i think you guys both touched on that you know very eloquently so to wrap up um michael and rob where would i go to find more information on nanos
1: so right now, SIBO's website has, has a bunch, what is it, Nanos? Uh, well, the email is nanos at SIBO.com, and also, you know, we certainly
2: encourage uh, your listeners to, to reach out to their brokers, and to the, the people with whom they do business, and, and if they're interested in creating these products,
1: to encourage them to, to add access, uh, and our website for sure. Yeah, the, web, the website um, right now, um, through links on our website, you can sign up for updates, because we're gonna be sending regular updates as we get closer to launch here in, in Q1 of 2022. Um, and as well as updates from our education front, if you guys want to get more education, um, all of that can be found on our website.
0: Wonderful. And of course, I'd want to plug Schaefer's own Getting Started with Options program, it's chock full of everything you need to know about strategies, concepts, everyday applications to the stock market. Uh, I'll include a link. Both to your uh to Nanos and to um to our own program in the episode bio, so you listeners can check it out. Um, but yeah, Michael Ozaki, Rob Hawking, thank you guys for coming on again. You know, best of luck, you know, twenty twenty two. You know, you guys are gonna have some exciting things going on. I can't wait to hear all about it.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having us today. And uh, yeah, we're excited about this one and and look forward to uh, coming back and talking about the next exciting thing in the future.
0: Yeah, can't wait. Thanks again, guys, and cheers.